was an innocent comment in an unguarded moment. But I could see his wife was shocked by what her husband had just said. We were walking out of the lakeside dining room at the conference center after a weekend-long couples retreat. He had been our featured speaker. Now, they were a couple we'd known for years, and at the last of our lunchtime conversation, we circled around to the topic of submission, a topic often at the center of the Christian conversation about marriage. Now, the word he used that shocked his wife is our word for today. And no, it's not submission. That's not the word that shocked her. What shocked her was his answer when she had asked him if he thought she'd always submitted to him. Here's what he said. Submitted, yes, but there have been times when I didn't feel you were with me. Wow. Well, ladies, <laughs> what would your man say? Are you with him? This is the second episode in our series about the seven words that define your relationships. Today's topic, your marriage. Listen in. Now, in our first episode, we focused on our relationship with God, and the word that defined that relationship for us was before. We are before God. He sees all we do. He knows all we think, and He understands the motivations of our hearts better than we ever will. We can't hide from His gaze, but we need never fear it. He looks on us through the prism of His everlasting love for us, always beholding our need of His loving protection, provision, guidance, and correction. So today, we're going to move outward from that core level of divine relationship out one ring to the human sphere and our relationship with our husbands. So if you've ever read much of the New Testament, uh, especially the epistles, you'll know that both Paul and Peter speak about the mutual responsibilities of spouses. And the basic teaching is that husbands are commanded to love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That sounds great to us, right? We love that idea. We women are commanded to submit to our husbands as the church submits to the headship or leadership of Christ. That one, sometimes we're not as thrilled about, but we accept it. These are our biblical responsibilities. These set the divine framework for the working relationship of a couple within a Christian marriage. You know, if you think about it, it's the entrance of sin back in the Garden of Eden that meant that God had to settle the disputes before they even began by designating a leader who had a, a weighted vote, so to speak, in the decision-making process. One partner entrusted with the privilege of leadership and then held accountable for that leadership before God. But in this episode, we're talking about a completely different aspect of marriage. I like to think of this as the personal bond between you and your husband. And what really intrigues me 
is discovering how we can strengthen and deepen that bond. Because I think this bond is at the core of marital satisfaction over many, many years. In fact, throughout an entire lifetime. Now, just to go back again to last week to our first uh, episode on this topic, I've been reflecting on last week's word before, and here's what I've come up with. Just as I am always before God, it is also true that I should aspire to always keep God before my eyes. So it becomes a mutual gaze upon the lover of my soul as I enjoy his constant gaze, his watchfulness over me. And that same reciprocal element, I think, is showing up in this week in our word with. In every husband's heart is the hope that his wife is with him. And I won't speak for all of you, but I certainly hope that my husband is with me every bit as much as I'm with him. You know, way back in episode 16, I quoted some statistics from the research of Dr. John Gottman, who's a preeminent relationship researcher. And one statistic that I found shocking was that 69% of all marital conflicts never get resolved. How can that be? How can 69% of all marital conflicts, and this is across the board, people of faith, people who profess no faith at all. Dr. Gottman studies many, many, many marriages. And what he's found is that across the board, about 69% of all marital conflicts never get resolved because they're, again, rooted in the person's personality, in their background, the culture they came from, the family they were raised in, uh, all kinds of things that go to make that up. And they're pretty much deeply entrenched and very hard to change, even when a person wants to change them. But when he was questioned about how any marriage survives that big a percentage of unresolved conflicts, Dr. Gottman, he responded this way. He said that some couples become masters at making marriage work while others are disasters at it. Now, that is, I think that's funny, but it's, it's something for us to aspire to. How can we become masters at making our marriage work? Well, I think one clue is to begin to focus on how you can learn to be with your husband, especially when you don't agree with his decisions in leading you and your family. So what does it mean to be with your husband? That's the first thing we have to answer. And to answer that, I'm going to give you a little background because as you've maybe noticed, God works in mysterious ways, right? <laughs> I composed this list of words for this whole series and scribbled a brief outline of each episode about eight months ago. And, you know, I had, um, I had some kind of vague ideas swirling around about each of these words and then the concepts that we're starting to congeal and, and become a little more concrete for me about each and every one of these relationships. But about three weeks ago, I happened to buy Ann Voskamp's new book, Waymaker. 
And I've been reading through it a few pages at a time in preparation for working through a companion study guide that I bought with the book. And it's really (laughs) not surprising. It's really in Anne's book that I found, I think, the best way to characterize what it means to be with your husband. Now, if you've ever read Anne Voskamp, um, she writes in a very... uh, I would almost say poetic way. She uses lots of words. And one of her, um, well, I guess one of the recurring things I see is that she'll take a Hebrew word that she's clearly done an in-depth study on and then bring it to bear to communicate whatever specific topic she's talking about. And often it grows out of some something, some episode in her life that she's sharing with us the lessons from. So in her discussion of the Hebrew word, and I may massacre this, it's hesed, H-E-S-E-D. It's a word that's used about 250 times in the Bible, and it's most often translated loving kindness. And Anne notes that hesed is the forever covenantal kind of love. It's always unconditional. It's an unwaveringly loyal. It's a kind love. It's a love of inseparable bonding. It's a love of divine family. It's a love of eternal attachment. She says, Hased is attachment love. Now, it is in my thinking about this, it's witness love. It says, I choose you over and over, day after day, I choose to be with you. It is a love of being with, of witness. And I'm not talking about just physical presence with someone. You are with that person. You don't want to move away from them. You don't want to distance yourself from them, especially over some circumstance or some decision that they're contemplating making, or in fact, over anything at all. It is the love that God has for us. It's the love that we also can offer to our husbands, to be unfailingly, unwaveringly loyal. And I don't mean that in the terms of sexual fidelity to them, of course, that's part of it, but a loyalness to this person, to love with an attachment love that holds you firmly by his side. You can say, I am in this life with you. I am with him. I am the one who has faith in his intention to get it right. I am the cheerleader supporting his efforts to lead me and our family. I'm the confidant who listens without criticism and even without making suggestions. I am the partner who trusts her partner. I have his back. I stand beside him. I am with him. Now, my friend, the pastor's wife, had submitted to her husband, but somehow he had a lingering memory of, at some point, 
being alone and feeling alone, abandoned, at some moment or moments during their long marriage. Enough so that in that unguarded moment, that's what he said to her, is submitted, yes, but there have been times when I didn't think you were with me. I'm not here to cast blame, and I am not here to set an unattainable standard for us. I am here exploring with you, talking in public about how to make our marriages better, how to make them closer and more satisfying to both of us. You know, when God created Eve, it was because it was not good that the man be alone. And I guarantee you, it wasn't good for Eve either. Feeling alone in a marriage is both sad and so, so unnecessary. You know, I remember an evening about three years ago, um, just as COVID was hitting and it was clear to me I wasn't going to be going anywhere for a long time, not with my asthma. So just before climbing into bed one night, I told my husband about my wanting to find a way to take the lessons from my many, many years of walking with God and somehow make them easily accessible to young Christian women. And so I'm, you know, I'm speculating, should I keep blogging? Should I start a podcast? Should I create online courses? What, what did he think? And, you know, he leaned over to me and he put his hand on mine and he said, I'm with you, Kelly. You've got this. Whatever. I know you've got this. And, you know, I knew he meant it. I could feel him with me in whatever I decided, whatever I tried, he would support me in it. He believed in me and he would hope with me. He would wait with me while I listened for God's guidance. So let me ask you, what defines your relationship with your husband? Are you with him? Does he know it? Father, you chose us. You chose to be with us forever. So I pray that you'd help us wherever we've failed to offer that same kind of said love, that simple but powerful choice to be with our spouse. Help us. Help us to support them with our confidence in them that's really confidence in you. Help us to offer our hopefulness on their behalf, our belief in their dreams and our enthusiasm for their plans. And Father, if distance has settled into our relationship, help us in love to close that distance. If resentments or fears have us withholding our support and our encouragement, our withness, would you set us free from any lingering bitterness and from the worry of what-ifs that haven't even happened yet? Help us to grow stronger and deeper in our relationship, to both honor you and 
Father, that we can experience every satisfaction and joy that you intended for us in marriage. Amen. Well, thanks so much again for listening. As usual, I'm on Instagram at Kelly J. Grace, and you can find other resources for your spiritual walk at kellyjgrace.com. Now, next time, we're talking about your relationship with your kids and the one word parents must remember as they raise children. See you then. <music>